I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for their drive to work. Uh, and you can tell I am a little bit hoarse. Why is that? Because I just got back from MagicCon Chicago. So today is all about that event. Um, okay, so the event was held in Chicago uh, in February. Um, I think it was, I don't remember the exact dates, but the 20th, 21st, 22nd, is a Friday through a Sunday um, in February in Chicago, which at first blush would seem like not the best time to have an event in Chicago. But uh, actually, most of the time the weather was really nice. We did have a blizzard one, one night. But other than that, the weather actually was, was quite nice. Um, okay, so for those that have never been to a MagicCon, this is our... We did Magic 30 in Las Vegas in 2022. Last year, we did a MagicCon in Philadelphia, in Minneapolis, in Barcelona, and again in Las Vegas. Um, this year, there are three MagicCons. This was the first one in Chicago. Uh, second one will be in Amsterdam, and third one will be in Vegas again. Okay, so what, what did I do in MagicCon? So MagicCon, for those that have never been, is a magic convention, and there's a lot of different components of the convention. Um, there is a giant play area where you can play events. There's a casual play area. There's a, what we call the mana stage, which is a stage where we do panels and presentations. There's a giant merch area to buy your merch. Um, there's what's called the creator corner, where you can come meet your favorite creators and play with them or get them to sign stuff. Um, there is a, uh, oh, a whole bunch of dealers selling stuff, uh, store owners selling all sorts of magic merchandise. Um, there was an area this time where there were puzzles where you can come and uh, Mark Gottlieb made three different puzzles and you could solve the puzzles. Um, it was flavored as uh, Murders at Karloff Manor. Um, there was... There also, also, there was a pro tour. Yeah, and you can come and watch the pro tour being played. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing a, a bunch of other stuff. But there is, there's just lots to do. It's a giant event with much going on. Um, my responsibilities for the event, uh, first off, I did a lot of programming. I was in six different things on the Mana stage, which I will get to. Um, and I also did a bunch of signings, um, some meet and greets, and we'll talk about that. And uh, just, I, and I played in some events. We'll, we'll get to all this. Okay, so Friday. Uh, so the first thing on Friday, um, one of the things, there's a, the VIPs there, there's a ticket that's called Black Lotus, which is kind of the, the fancy of the tickets. Um, every day I do a little bit, I, I do a little bit of schmoozing with the VIP people. So um, Friday, I think I, I was there for the breakfast. Um, and then my first panel was on Friday. It was a preview panel. So I did it with... Uh, uh, Blake, um, let's see, Blake, Blake was the host, um, and then Aaron Forsyth, uh, and Roy Graham. So Roy is our, um, story person and Aaron is my boss, uh, VP of design. Uh, so we came and we talked about four different upcoming sets. We went backwards, we went chronologically backwards. First, we talked about Bloomborough. Um, we showed off some cards I talked about how it's structured in such a way that each two-color pair is built around a different animal because um, this is our anthrop anthropomorphic animal world. Um, and we showed off one card named Mabel. Uh, so I said that white-red was the mice. Um, we introduced the fact that um, 
enters the battlefield is becoming enters. Uh, and there's a light typal theme. Uh, most of the way it works is if you put all the mice together, if you just draft mice, the mice are in red and white, they'll have a cohesive theme, they'll play well. There's a little bit of light typal. Uh, the card would show up Mabel, for example, gave plus one, plus one to mice. So there, there is some light typal going on, but it's not a, it's not like Lorwyn that's heavy typal where you, all you can do is draft cards of a certain type. Um, there will be decks that lean towards certain animals, certain strategy, you know, if I draft all, I said in the, in the, um, at the panel that my favorite draft archetype was rabbits. Um, and if you just take a lot of rabbits, you will have a fun rabbit deck. Um, and we showed off a whole bunch of art, all of which probably is online now. And we showed off a couple cards. Um, okay, next up we talked uh, Assassin's Creed. Um, it's another Universes Beyond. It's based on the role-playing, uh, not role-playing game, the video game. <laughs> Sorry. Based on, and, there, the, and there's multiple Assassin's Creed video games, obviously. Um, and we showed off a few cards. Enzio, I think, is one of the characters. Um, we showed off uh, the Animus. Uh, anyway, we showed off a bunch of cards from the set um, and talked about sort of how we captured the feel. We said that there's an Assassin's type flavor. Um... Uh, we showed off uh, a mechanic called free running, which allows you to cast a spell cheaper if uh, either an assassin or your commander has dealt combat damage to an opponent. Um, and we talked about that. Uh, we then showed off Modern Horizons 3. We talked about how this is the first Modern Horizons with access to double face cards. Uh, we showed off, um, we're doing a cycle of a. Uh, uh, le- planeswalkers showing the planeswalkers are sparking so they start as a legendary creature and they turn into a planeswalker um, we showed the Ajani before and after cards the legendary creature and planeswalker version of Ajani we then showed art for Tamiya we didn't show Tamiya's card and we didn't tell what the other three this is a cycle but we didn't say the other three um, we did show off some themes from the set there is a colorless Eldrazi theme and energy is coming back we showed off cards for both those themes Finally, we talked about Outlaws of Thunder Junction. Um, we showed off Oko's card. Oko is the Planeswalker in the set. Um, uh, we showed off members of the gang, including uh, Tiny Bones and Rakdos and Vraska. Um, and we ta- uh, Oko showed off a new mechanic called Crimes, Committing Crimes. So what Committing Crimes is, whenever with a spell or ability you target an opponent or any of their stuff, their permanence, their spells, cards in graveyard, um, that's committing a crime. And there's cards that care about committing a crime, that when you commit a crime, something happens. Um, and I should point out that giant growth isn't inherently a crime, but if you giant growth your opponent's creature, it becomes a crime. So whether or not you commit a crime, a lot of times is how you use cards. It's not, in, I mean, there's certain cards that to use them have to target, and they have to target the opponent's stuff, or they usually target the opponent's stuff. Um, but there are other things that could be crimes depending on how you use them. Um, we did, we also showed off a Fibble Fip at the end. There's a new Fibble Fip uh, legendary creature. And it mentioned a mechanical plot that we did not say what it was. Uh, but for you guys all to figure out amongst yourselves. Um, so the set, uh, for those who don't know, all those things Junction, because of the change in the multiverse, um, there are now Omen Pass. So now people other than Planeswalkers can move between worlds. It's a lot harder if you're not a planeswalker, but it's possible. Um, and so this is, we wanted to do a set where we collected something from across the multiverse and we chose villains. So this is a villain set. Um, 
And because uh, we needed a good environment, wanted a brand new environment. This is the first brand new environment since uh, Nuka Pena. And it is a world called Thunder Junction, in which lots of outlaws from around the world. Uh, it has sort of a, it's based on sort of the, uh, the Western, the American West genre that's very popular. Um, and so you, you'll get to see, see that. Okay, that was the panel. After the panel, I had to do a signing. Um, and so I, uh, so basically for the signing, I'm at a table, anybody wants to come. Um, normally I will sign some stuff for the person and then if they want, I will take a picture. So I, a lot of sitting and standing. Um, and that was fun. It's, I, I really enjoy meeting players and so it's great. Um, one of the things that's really nice, in fact, probably my favorite thing about Magic Cons is um, online, there's a lot of feedback and there are players that say nice things online, but let's just say online is a little more critical. Uh, a lot of, uh, we'll call it constructive, uh, constructive criticism online. In person, it's just, there's a lot more positivity. There's just people that are so excited um, to meet me and it's so excited about magic and just want to tell me what magic has meant to them in their life and lots of people telling me how uh, they read my articles when they were very young. <laughs> uh, and it was fun. I met a lot of people. Uh, uh, there were a lot of parents with children there, a lot of couples there, um, just a lot of people sharing magic with people they care about. And that was, oh, that was very much fun. Um, and then the final thing I did on Friday was I got to participate just a little bit uh, in Game Nights Live. So Game Nights Live, for those that don't know, uh, Jimmy and Josh, um, Jimmy Wong, uh, Josh Lee Kwai, do a, um, they have a show um, called Game Nights. Uh, they also do a, a podcast called The Command Zone. Uh, anyway, they do a lot of content. Anyway, they brought Game Nights to the event. It's called Game Nights Live, where they play, they play just like they would on Game Nights, but instead of being recorded, um, it's live. Um, and there's always four people, always Jimmy and Josh. Um, sometimes, uh, well, there's, there's a special guest. Uh, Rachel usually is the, uh, the third if there's only one guest. And that happened this time. Rachel was the third. And then the guest was the prof, the professor. Um, and so uh, the theme for this one was Guilds of Ravnica. So Jimmy was Orzhov, Josh was Golgari, um, Rachel was Boros, and the professor was Izzet. Uh, and two of them used a brand new um, uh, guild people from, from uh, Murders of Carlov Manor, and then two of them used older ones from other, other Ravnica sets. Anyway, my participation in this is there is a, um, what was called the Tournament of Guilds Championship Belt it's sort of like wrestling. Um, so I carried that in and I wished I wished them all uh, good luck in the event. Uh, and Jimmy and I had a little banter and I teased that maybe, maybe one day I might be on Game Nights Live. We'll, we'll see. Um, but anyway, it was a lot of fun and uh, I got to do that. Uh, so that was my Friday. Um, okay, we move into Saturday. Saturday was my longest day. Um... So Saturday, I did some more breakfasting with the VIP folk. Um, and then I had a whole bunch of panels. Um, so uh, my first panel was the Ravnica Influence. Um, again, it was me, uh, 
uh, Joe was the host rather than Blake. Uh, Aaron and um, Roy were with me again, but we also had Zach, um, Zach Stella, who's one of our artists. Uh, and we were talking about how influential Ravnica as a setting has been for mechanics, for art, for card frames, for all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, it introduced faction play and balancing enemy and uh, enemy and ally colors. Um, it changed how we do block structures. It introduced hybrid mana. Uh, it introduced watermarks. It just did all sorts of things. Um, and so we spent we spent an hour talking about the influence of it um, and sharing stories and talking about different things. I talked a lot about how um, the set came to be, some of the challenges we had. I talked about how uh, the Shocklands got made uh, and just a bunch of different stories there. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And then we took questions from the audience. We, we did about 15 minutes of Q&A, which was fun. Okay, uh, the second panel I did on Saturday was the 20 greatest mechanics of all time. Um, basically, when I'm at a Magicon, I tend to do a solo event where I pick a topic to talk about. Uh, for those that have not seen... Oh, I should mention, all these panels I'm talking about are all posted online. If you want to see the preview panel, the Ravnica panel, the 20 greatest uh, mechanics panel, any of the panels I'm talking about, uh, including, I believe, Game Nights, it's all online. If you want to see, if you weren't there and couldn't see it live, uh, it's loaded up on YouTube, on our channel. You can you can see it all. Uh, so all this content is, is for you to come see for yourself. Um, normally when I do a panel, uh, my solo panel, uh, usually it's about some topic. I have a lot of slides. I like having a lot of pictures in my panel. Uh, I believe this panel had 500 slides as an example. And so I'm just talking about, in this case, what I thought the top 20 mechanics of all time. Um, I will probably do a separate, maybe one or two podcasts on that very topic. So I'm not going to get into great detail here because um, it's, it's worthy of its own series of podcasts. Um, but anyway, I did that. I had really good response from the audience. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Then my third panel uh, was what we call a community panel. Um, and what a community panel is, is we, Wizards of the Coast, make a bunch of panels that we do on the main stage. But there are a lot of panels that the, the community is allowed to suggest panels. And we okay them. And then there's a community room and there's panels ongoing in the community room. So... Uh, the panel that I was in was called um, 30 Years of um, Content and Commentary. And it was talking about, um, I was talking about sort of what, um, how, how Magic Commentary Online, what it's been. Uh, and we talked, uh, this is also, I believe, online. Um, I think all the, I think, I think most of the community stuff was filmed, I believe. Um, I know all the stuff on the, man, on the main stage was filmed. I think this was filmed too. Um, we talked about, like, starting with the era of the print magazines and the Duelists and Scry and Inquest, and then moving on to sort of early days on the web and talking about the early MagicTheGathering.com and Star City Games, and there's just lots of online places where you can read content, like Channel Fireball and stuff like that. Um, and then we talked about podcasts and then video uh, stuff, and anyway, it was just sort of talking about all the different evolution. Um, a, a Saffron Olive was also on the thing. We had, we interviewed um, Mike um, Flores, 
did an interview that we that was taped that we saw. Um, it, it was super fun, and it was it was a lot. It was really um, I was I was uh, the host asked me to be on the panel. I was very honored to be asked. I was glad to do it. It was really fun. Um, and then after that panel, I went to play in Gavin Verhey's unknown event. Uh, so the way these work, Gavin does them every MagicCon. Um, Gavin will make brand new cards that he'll sticker, uh, uh, that they, they sticker on cards, and that um, uh, you get a, usually a variety of different things. Uh, this one, we got a lot of murders in Carl of Manor, um, some draft boosters, uh, I think one collector booster. We got some Ravnica remastered, um, and we got some mystery boosters, uh, which just have stuff from all over the place. Uh, and then we had some special cards. Uh, the theme to this one was the cards represented different magic uh, celebrities and influencers. I got a card called the Water Morrow that I didn't open. Um, but I learned about it because I got lots and lots of people asked me to sign it. So I, pr- quick, I pretty quickly learned of its existence. Um, so I played. I got there late because of my panel. I quickly built a deck. I, I did end up getting to play three rounds. Um, so I built... Um, Oh, the way what you were doing, it was building a 60-card commander deck. So you had to have a commander, and then your deck had to follow the color identity. Um, I think you're a lot of, in limited play, I think you're a lot of repeat cards. I, 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 I didn't have any repeat cards, but I'm not 100% sure whether you're a lot of repeat cards. In draft, you, you can. Maybe in limited. I never did, but... My commander was uh, Rith the Awakener. But my deck basically was a white-green deck. Uh, I had the ability to get red mana. Um, so I, I, I think I splashed. I splashed with just a little tiny bit of red, mostly to cast Rift. Um, anyway, my deck was quite efficient. I went 3-0. Uh, did quite well. Uh, and that was my Saturday. Okay, so Sunday, um, I did breakfast VIPs. Um... I had one panel on Sunday, or it wasn't a panel, sorry, one uh, event on Sunday. I was in something called the uh, Clash of the Creators. Um, and so it's a game show where we, uh, we asked people that attended shows last year, we sent them a questionnaire, they filled it out, and then there, the top answers were on a board, and then we had to guess the top answers. Um, and the way it worked was there were two creator teams... They were just a different, you know, creator, influencer people. Uh, one team was led by Olivia uh, Gobert Hicks, and one team was led by uh, Brian Kibler. Uh, they played each other. Olivia's team won, and then they played the Wizards of the Coast team. So um, our, our uh, team captain was Matt Tabak. Um, we had Ellie Rice. We had Chris Mooney. We had Harless Snyder and myself. Um, and, uh, anyway, so we were triumphant. I think the final score was we had 600 something and the other team had 43. So, um, we, I think we won four of the five categories. There were five categories for each round. Um, and, and the, the questions were like, name a blue counterspell that doesn't have the word counterspell in its name. Uh, name a black spell starting with dark. Um, name a guild that you'd want to eat at a restaurant, a Ravnica guild that you think would have a good restaurant. Um, and so, anyway, it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was fun goofing around with everybody, and uh, we had a good time. Um, 
then I'm trying to think what else happened. Um, I then oh I, I also I, um, both Saturday and Sunday I had a little bit of press to do. So after my creator um, the clash of the creators, I went and did an interview, uh, video interview. Um, one of my jobs at the shows is we get press brought in, and so I do interview. Some of it's more um, what I would call um, like magic sites and stuff, and then some of it is broader, like, oh, the local paper comes to do an interview and stuff like that. Um, then after that, I played in a second unknown event. Um, oh, so on my way there, here's a, a little hint of my time, which is which is, is fun. Um, so I'm coming in to go to Gavin's event. I'm a little bit late because of my interview. And then someone stops me and asks me to sign an autograph. I always, when people ask stuff, I always sign autographs or do whatever. Um, but it took me long enough to sign that player's mat or whatever they have me sign that somebody else sort of got behind them. And then a line started growing. And I, I ended up spending, I don't know, half an hour um, just signing and taking pictures and stuff. So I got a little late to... to later than planned to the unknown event. Again, um, they, uh, I, I built another deck. Um, this time, I, uh, what was it? I had uh, Ojitai, I think, was my uh, commander. Uh, it was a white-blue deck. Um, it's the Ojitai from, um, from Dragons of Tar- Dragons of Tarkir that I opened up in one of my mystery boosters. Um, and I, uh, I had a fun time. I did not win. Um, I, I played. I, my competitors were good, and they defeated me. I had good games, though. They were quite fun. I only got to play two matches because I then had to run off to my next thing. Um, but it was fun. And uh, the, if, you, if you're ever at a MagicCon, uh, definitely play in Gavin's Unknown Event. Oh, another fun thing that went on. This was in the VIP room. I, I didn't play in this. Um, but... Um, there was uh, the uh, the casual play team made their own unevent, an unplane chase event, where they made up brand new plane chase events, and they had people play, and they did that. Um, oh, another fun thing that's fun is um, one of the sets that we talked about, and I, I didn't, I was on this panel, but there was a Fallout panel. Uh, the Fallout Commander decks are coming soon, and along with the Fallout Commander decks are um, collector boosters, Fallout collector boosters. And so we had them at the event. It was two weeks before that they were coming out. So I was given a whole bunch to give away to people, um, just as, as a, what we call surprise and delight. Um, uh, one of my favorites was uh, I met, there was a girl who I was talking to. She had me sign her mat. Um, don't know quite how, she was a teenager. Um, and so I gave her a follow-up pack. And I remember she was so excited in that she was talking to her friend, her, her family at the table, and she was trying to figure out, like, in the next Friday Night Magic, she wanted to come play a card that no one else had access to yet because the set wouldn't be out for two weeks. So I thought that was cute. Um, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I was doing is when I spotted people wearing Fallout merchandise, I would give them a Fallout pack. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and also I gave away some Ravnicrum after packs and other stuff. Um, anyway, uh, I then... The last main event I had uh, at um, on Sunday was I had another meet and greet. Um, meet and greets, I just to say, are are super fun. It's it's fun to get to chat with people and sign stuff and take pictures and 
people, you know, usually they're pretty excited to meet me. And so they, they, they tell me whatever, you know, how they got into magic or how they play magic or what magic means to them. I hear a lot of really heartfelt stories about sort of the impact of magic and how magic helped them at a time that was troublesome or hard or got them through something or they met their friends or significant other or, you know, just all sorts of fun stories. And I saw a lot of, like I said, cross-generational parents who played and got their kids into it um, or couples in which they both play together, some met through magic, um, some of them, one of them played first and then taught the other thing other. Um, anyway, it was, it was super fun. And it, it, it was, um, and I remember um, they cut off the line because there's only a, a window. Like when I got there, I got there 15 minutes early, but there's such a long line. I started signing early. And at the end, um, they came to me and said, well, technically this is the cutoff, but there's nine more people. Can you take nine? I'm like, yes, I will take nine more people. Uh, so I, I wanted to make sure to sign for everybody. Um, then after that, I got a chance to look at, um, I got a chance to look at, uh, a few parts of the, uh, of the floor that I hadn't seen yet. Um, I went and talked to Mark Gottlieb. He had, he had created some puzzles that were really fun. One was like a board with the red tape, like a, a scene board. One with there were files strewn about. Um, basically the way it worked is you got a sheet. There were three puzzles to solve. And if you solved all three of them, you won a pin, uh, like a Ravnica pin. Um, so it was, it was quite cool. Um, there also was a family area. I think it existed all three days, but the focus was on Sunday. Uh, they had tournaments with the kids. Um, I also talked to Magic Kids, which is a group um, that helps um, uh, teachers get, get uh, magic cards and instructions on how to start a magic club or teach with magic. And uh, they provide lots of, um, they collect, like at the event, whenever people didn't need cards, they would donate them. And they use those bulk cards to help teach kids how to play. And, and magic has proven to be a really good educational tool, a good social tool. Um, and so I know a lot of um, different places. And Magic Hits has been just firing on all cylinders, um, you know, getting cards out there and helping people. Um, yeah, the funny story is they, I think they started up during the pandemic. And I saw uh, the, the, the guy who runs the site had posted something. And so I retweeted it. And he got a lot of people sending in cards because of the retweet. And so um, that, I thought that was really cool. So thanks, everybody, that sent in cards. That is awesome. Um, Okay, so that was my that was the events that I did. Those are the the things I did. Um, let me talk a little bit more about the sort of lack the not planned things, if you will. Um, one of the things like I always make I always made some time to try to walk around um, the floor, um, you know, go over see the create the creator area and see all the people there. Oh, the stamps. We talk about the stamps. So one of the things we did this time was there was a. Um, a passport, and then a whole bunch of people, a lot of the creators and stuff got stamps, uh, and I was one of the people given a stamp. So my stamp is the uh, the Planeswalker symbol with my signature on it. Um, and my stamp is purple. Uh, and the interesting thing was, most people, most of the creators were sitting in the creator areas. So if you wanted to go get a stamp from them, you know where they are. I was moving around. I was doing, I was in shows and meet and greets, and like I was I, you had to find me, and so, uh, and a bunch of people did, but I, I, you asked me for my stamp, I would give you my stamp. Uh, so I, I did a bunch of stamping over the weekend. Um, 
I tried as much as I could to, uh, like I said, get a lot of interaction with the players. Um, I was stopped constantly uh, during the thing. And like I said, I if you asked me to sign a card or sign a mat or sign whatever, I signed a bunch of quirky things. I signed uh, a flannel. I signed an iPhone. I, I signed a bunch of different things. Um, but I was always happy to do that. Always took pictures. Always um, answered questions. So if you ever see me in an event, I'm friendly. I will not bite. Um, it is possible I'm on the way somewhere. And so I, I sometimes people had to walk with me while I signed their things. Um, but I always will sign stuff for fans or talk to fans or take pictures for fans. So please, if you ever see me, I will always do that. Um, also, there were, like I said, there were a lot of nooks and crannies in this. Um, there was a cosplay show that went on, a big cosplay contest. Um, I love meeting cosplay people. I love taking pictures with them. I posted some of those online. Um, if you saw online, the uh, I posted with, it was a, um, it was an Avacyn, but Avacyn in Avacyn, um, sorry, in uh, Shadows Over Innistrad, where she's, where her wings have blood on them. Anyway, anyway I posed with her, uh, and she could extend her wings all the way out. They went, went out like, I don't know, 10 feet. Um, she ended up winning her category in the, um, in the contest. She was very excited. to talked to her the next day. Um, we did our first fashion show. Um, we talked, there were panels on art and on uh, creative storytelling. Um, and then, like I said, there were just so many, um, in, even in the lobby after, after the show was done, um, I spent a bunch of time in the lobby talking to different people and um, everybody I talked to just had such a good time. It was so much fun. Uh, and it really is, um, I don't know, it just, it, it just was, I don't know. I, I enjoy Magic Hunt immensely. Um, I, I, I go to two a year. So this year I'm going, I went to Chicago and I'll be going to Vegas. Um, I, I am not, last year I went to Barcelona. So I went to Europe last year, I went to Barcelona. I'm not going to Europe this year. Um, just the timing didn't quite work out. Um, but anyway, let me, let me finish this up. I'm, I'm almost to work here by saying, if there's a Magic Con remotely in an area where you can get to, they are super, super fun. Um, we sold out this time. We had 12,000 plus people there. It was, and anyway, it's just a blast and there's so much going on and a lot of fun things. And, um, I heartily recommend if you ever have the opportunity to go to Magic Con, do it. Um, we've spent years talking about the idea of a Magic Con, of having a unique magic convention. Um, and it, I'm glad we finally did it. I'm glad it exists. It's, it's super fun to go to and be at. Um, and, um, it is kind of fun also for me for like, uh, like, so just a little side note, um, in my normal life, um, if I go someplace that's, um, you know, where there are magic players, a game store or something, you know, I I definitely get some attention. I, I'm not, I, I, I'm clearly a magic celebrity. Um, and every once in a while in the wild, you know, I'll be out somewhere and I, I'm getting popcorn in the movies or somebody. Somebody recognizes me. That happens every once in a while. Um, but to get a true sense of what actual celebrity is like, um, these events, it, it is, like I said, I, I don't know if I'd want this to be my life 24-7 all the time. But for three days of just people, everybody who sees you is excited to see you and wants you to sign stuff and take pictures. And, you know, you, you get stalled walking on the floor because a line forms that so many people want you to, to, to do stuff that... It's really touching. It really means a lot. It's a lot of fun. And so 
I, I want to thank everybody that came up to me and had me sign things or like, took pictures of me or stuff or asked me questions. Um, that was a blast and I really had fun. Um, but anyway, guys, I'm now at work. So I hope this gave you a little bit of taste of what uh, Magicon Chicago was like. Um, but as I'm at work, we all know what that means. I mean, this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking Magic Con, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.